Welcome to Strategy Talk, where the editors of Strategy Page discuss current events with a splash of history. I'm Dan Masterson, host of Strategy Talk. With me today is the editor of Strategy Page, well-known military author and game designer, Jim Dunnigan. Also joining us is the associate editor of Strategy Page, columnist and author, Austin Bay. Jim, winter is approaching in Ukraine. Uh, I checked the weather reports last night. The it's hovering around 32 degrees in the highs, but in January it, be, it it's going to drop into the 20s. What is the effect of winter going to be on the Russians in Ukraine? Well, it's going to hurt them because they're not getting the winter clothing, um, and the Ukrainians are still they have uh, basically people inside the occupied territories. They have the they have they have daily uh, you know updates from the uh, the american uh satellite uh you know uh, systems and various other forms of intelligence and uh they basically know more about the russian situation than the russians do now we've already discussed earlier that the uh the starlink you know satellite system uh gives them better in- uh, communications inside of the combat zone the russians are still uh basically facing the problem where the troops can't talk to each other, as it were, over the radio because they haven't got radios or their radios don't have the range or the reliability uh, of what the uh, Ukrainians have. Uh, we got to remember that between 2014 and 2021, the Ukrainians absorbed, uh, you know, uh, you know how to fight, you know, like NATO uh, and like Western, you know, giving uh, initiative to uh, to low level commanders, uh, basically set up, you know, mission statements, you know, uh, uh, the uh, you know, this is what we want to do. Lower commanders, if you meet some kind of uh, problem, you basically improvise and keep going. And that's worked. Uh, the Russians are still stuck with their Soviet you know, style tactics. Uh, Ukrainians are well aware of that and they're taking advantage of it. And. Uh, the, the, the other biggest problem the Russians have is they don't have the supplies. They don't have the winter clothing. They don't have many armored vehicles left. They don't have uh, they don't have top attack missiles like uh, you know the the javelin or most American missiles that are, to- are hit from the the more vulnerable top of the tank. And uh, and so the uh, Ukrainians have basically superior uh, armored vehicles. And the Ukrainians basically held off on launching their counteroffensive until they trained. A lot of people, so they have better trained, more experienced troops, more of them uh, attacking a basically Russians who are reduced to largely these recently uh, uh, mobilized conscripted soldiers who were given little training, and they just they just felt that well hey we can put warm bodies in there, put these guys on the defensive, but they found out in many areas these troops don't even stand much uh, yeah stand. Stand up much when they're in the in the defense, you know they'll just run, and uh, they've given their officers, you know, uh, the uh, the power to shoot, uh, you know, shirkers as it were. Well, that doesn't really work because the Russian troops will just shoot back. Uh, so they have a real morale problem and command problem. Uh, they've got a few, uh, you know, uh, dependable units, but they're few and far between. A lot of them are basically recruited from prisons by the Wagner Group, uh, but uh, this this basically backfired to a certain extent when it turned out that the amnesty the Wagner Group was offering 
would not be honored uh, by Russia, would not be appreciated. You're not going to turn these killers, you know, loose, you know, once their their service is, is as it goes is, is over. So the, the the Russians are basically fighting, you know, with a very weak force against a a, a larger, better trained, better equipped, uh, and better led uh, Ukrainian force. It's all going to be revealed, as it were, how effective this is, you know, in the next, you know, uh, 60, you know, 30 and 90 days, um, because uh, they are trying to scrounge up, you know, uh, trained replacements, which takes time. And they've got some of those undergoing training, but they've run out of they've run out of armored vehicles they can depend on. They've run out of everything. And the Ukrainians have very cleverly constantly attacked their supplies, their stockpiled supplies for their troops. This includes you know, not just clothing um, and ammunition, but also food. You know, so the the uh, the Russian troops are still, you know, they say keep their cell phones, even though they're not supposed to. And the Ukrainians, you know, overhear a lot of these conversations back home and they release some of them. Uh, you know, just to, you know, uh, annoy the Russians, uh, commanders even more, uh, you know, the guys complaining, you know, we, we've got nothing, you know, we don't get rations, you know, we don't get Switzer clothing. Uh, so it's a real problem for them. And like I say, if they, if the Ukrainians can take advantage of this, uh, in the next, you know, like I say, 60 to 90, well, 60 to 90 days, uh, they can basically take Crimea. And, uh, and and even make headway in uh, in the Donbass, where they've, they've they've reconquered a lot of territory, and the Russian attacks there. That's where a lot of their offensive people were uh, uh, constantly fail. I mean, their their advances are measured in meters. You know, they they, they basically don't make much headway, and they lose a lot of people, and that's bad for morale. Um, so you know, it's a, it's an opportunity. Uh, with a uh, time limit on it, and so you know, well, you know, you, what you should watch for is rapid advances by the Ukrainians, especially you know towards the these tiny, the small uh, corridor that leads into uh, Crimea, which they also already have under fire because they it's Kherson, and uh, and they're 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 basically taking control of the. Uh, uh, the the estuary of the uh, Dnieper or Dnipro as the Ukrainians call it river, and once they have that, uh, they'll they'll have control of the uh, the river. The United States has sent them some uh, patrol boats with armor on them, you know, basically uh, lightweight armor, uh, but it gives them protection against fragments and and machine guns and what have you. Um, and these are being used aggressively. Uh, the uh, the Russians that uh, you know abandoned uh, Kherson. Uh, they basically skedaddled more effectively than they did up, up in Kharkiv, where they just ran and left a lot of equipment for the uh, Ukrainians. Uh, they got that across the river. Um, but the Ukrainians are basically showing that they can get across the river, and they're using their artillery to uh, basically drive the uh, the defenders on the other side of the river away. And that, and they they got boats, and uh, that that enables them, you know, especially at night, to set, send troops uh, on the other side to establish a bridge, uh, you know, a bridgehead, and then uh, drive the uh, the Russians back more. So the Russians have right now have nothing but disadvantages, and like I say, that's not going to turn around for maybe another 90 days, you know, early 2023. So the Ukrainians have a basically one-time opportunity 
to make a lot of progress. And if they don't basically uh, you know, take a lot of territory, uh, the Russians will basically be much better in much better shape, you know, uh, come early 2023. Austin, what's the equipment situation for the Ukrainians and the Russians for the winter? Well, uh, Dan, I started uh, following uh, the preparations for winter, what I could uh, uh, find in the open source press, uh, really in summer. And it was it was clear the Ukrainians were already uh, preparing to uh, fight uh, in the winter war. Right? A lot of the material I read came through the uh, British uh, Ministry of Defense, and they, their sources were back, uh, uh, back in Ukraine. But the Ukrainians uh, were pushing... Uh, uh, NATO uh, nations to supply them uh, with winter clothing, uh, primarily uh, for uh, for soldiers, but also winter equipment. And I I noticed in in, in one report that the uh, Ukrainians were l- looking for some of the uh, 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 starters to uh, help warm up uh, engines or, or keep uh, auxil- uh, auxiliary generators to uh, keep uh, equipment so that it could run to be able to trucks and uh, certain kinds of uh, uh, armored vehicles. Uh, they were asking for this equipment because if you're going to fight in the cold, you need it, especially if you're going to sustain uh, sustain the fight. At the same time, there were reports that uh, Russians didn't even have uh, uh, standard uh, summer or, or fall clothing for their soldiers. And a lot of those reports were not just Russian prisoners, but also uh, listening to uh, uh, phone calls from Russian soldiers in Ukraine uh, back to their uh, back to their parents or their or their family, complaining about lack of uh, basic clothing as, as well as food and and medicine. And since then, the Ukrainians have uh, well, well. Let's this actually starts in the early summer, but the Ukrainians start getting. Uh, supplies of uh, longer-range uh, artillery rockets and uh, uh, tube uh, tube artillery uh, munitions, so that they can interdict uh, Russian and destroy Russian supply depots that are within, let's say, uh, 40, 60, 70 kilometers of the uh, uh, front line, and they were targeting them to stop Russian uh, ammunition particularly uh, Russian uh, artillery uh, ammunition and troop concentrations, but also supply depots where you would have uh, the uh, clothing, food, uh, and medicine. And uh, they've been uh, consistently uh, attriting uh, Russian supply depots. Uh, again, that's not just based on on uh, reports from uh, uh, NATO uh, ministries of defense. That's uh, appeared in open source reporting uh, Reuters, Agent France Press, uh, uh, and the like, and there's lots and lots of video of of, of Russian forward supply depots being interdicted. You know, just a quick aside on that. That's one reason the uh, Ukrainians are are desperately want to get longer range uh, uh, rockets like uh, Army uh, ATACMs because now they can hit. Uh, with with an ATACMS, which you can fire from an MLRS uh, uh, launcher, uh, you can hit uh, targets 300 kilometers deep, and there are certain kinds of modifications that you can go further than that, so that the Ukrainians could uh, hit uh, Russian depots 
theoretically, uh, in, in along inside uh, Russia, with uh, at least uh, close to the Ukrainian-Russian uh, border. The, the point about being prepared for winter, though, is that the Russians, all the reports say that the Russian military forces in Ukraine are not prepared to fight a winter war. Now, vehicles, Jim brought up the, the earlier Russian uh, tank models, T-62, T-72, earlier T-72s that are better able to uh, fight in uh uh, in the in the winter and snow and freezing conditions. Look, uh, I think the temperature right now in most of Ukraine is, is hovering around zero degrees Celsius, which is uh, freezing, 32 degrees of Fahrenheit. Uh, <clears throat> typically, uh, Ukraine, you're going to get uh, sub uh, zero uh, Celsius, it, it, it'll drop to minus 15, minus 17, minus 17, minus 18 Celsius, zero degrees uh, uh, Fahrenheit or, 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 or close to it. And it'll drop there and, and, and stay there for, for periods of time. That can actually be good for uh, mechanized operations, uh, vehicle, vehicles with, uh, uh, with operating on treads, because you can get off roads if it's frozen ground. And uh, and operate off uh, uh, off road as long as you're not in deep snow. You know, a couple of feet of snow, okay. But when they're done the deep snow, if they, they get to ten feet, it's next to impossible. To it is impossible to to uh, operate military uh, uh, units in 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 snow that deep. That said, there are specific vehicles that the Norwegians and uh, U.S. forces in Alaska uh, and uh, the Swedes have that that can uh, handle uh, handle uh, even uh, harsher conditions, but those aren't typical. Russians don't have them, and the Ukrainians the Ukrainians are prepared for uh, 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 fighting in the cold. But if it freezes and that you don't have huge snow buildup, now you can get off off the road. Uh, if you're very, very careful, and here's the other part of it, you have uh, armored and mechanized troops that are trained to n not just operate their own vehicle you know, in cold conditions, but operate as military units uh, in uh, formations, and that's extremely tricky. Uh, I know that's uh, that's one of the uh, uh, points that uh, if you've played some of SPI's old uh, Eastern Front Eastern Front games, you wondered why everything slowed down in in the winter, and that was what it was representing. That it was next to impossible to uh, op to, to fight a maneuver war in in those uh, in harsh conditions in in uh, Russia and uh, in, in Ukraine. Uh, I'm. Jim points out that the Ukrainians have an opportunity. Uh, he's suggesting to, to drive right to, to the at least edge of the Crimean Peninsula, perhaps shove the Russians out of most of the occupied areas by uh, what by spring, Jim. Is that what you were, you were saying? Uh, I think I think it's going to be more of a slow slug match during winter, especially. When when it 
goes back to 32 degrees Fahrenheit or 34 degrees and you start getting uh, slush and uh, you're not gonna be moving vehicles. It's hard, it's hard to uh, dig out a, an emplacement for a, uh, an artillery field piece in the, in, the, in, the, in the mud and the muck. It's just hard to move and it's just hard to survive. So uh, welcome to war, winter war in the East. So, Jim, what is the equipment replacement situation for the Russians? Uh, Grim, uh, they were not able to get replaced. Uh, oh, there are thousands of uh, tanks they lost early in the war. And uh, the Ukrainians basically didn't commit a lot of tanks early in the war. Uh, the Ukrainians now have their tanks, uh, you know, uh, operational. Uh, another thing to consider in the, in this, in the, in the southern uh, Ukraine around Kherson, is it's, uh, it's dry in the wintertime. There isn't much rain, and it's cold. Uh, so for a while, at least until they get inside Crimea, uh, they have the advantage. Now, if they get inside Crimea, that means their MLRS launchers uh, are going to be there too, and they'll basically be able to hit all over Crimea. Uh, and, of course, the Russians won't be able to get any supplies. They get limited supplies you know, uh, through the damage uh, Kurt Strait Bridge, uh, but and and they and they have to be careful trying to use you know ships uh, because the uh, the Ukrainians have anti-ship you know systems. They have the, the, their attack boats, uh, the you know the robotic uh, remotely controlled uh, attack boats, and they also have uh, long-range UAVs. They make themselves that can basically go several hundred kilometers and deliver a bomb load. Um, so the Russians are at a disadvantage right now, um, and uh, the the period of uh, where they are, you know, at disadvantage, you know, will last for another, you know, 30, 30 to forty five, you know, into early twenty twenty three. So the Ukrainians are going to take advantage of this um, uh, early on, and if they do get into you, if they do get into Crimea proper. It's warmer in Crimea. Crimea indeed used to be a, a winter resort for a lot of Russians. It was warmer because they're surrounded by water, and it's simply warmer down there. Um, but at that point, they can cut off uh, the uh, the any supplies the Russians are getting in there. So the Russian forces in the in the Crimea uh, will basically be unsupplied and at a disadvantage in terms of weapons and quality of troops. You got to remember that the Russians ran out of you know, willing uh, fighters, troops, uh, you know, in the last, you know, few months. Uh, they had this mobilization, uh, which basically, you know, caught whoever they could catch. And these guys were not equipped. They were not often not trained. And they basically melt away, even on the defense. You know, they will basically surrender or run because they simply are not trained or equipped to deal with, you know, the attacking Ukrainians. So the Ukrainians have a window of opportunity that'll last, you know, until the end of the year uh, or maybe a little longer uh, in which they can take back um, the uh, Crimea and uh, also make progress in the Donbass, where they have been making some progress. But that's the only place where the Russians have been attacking and, and basically just wasting their troops. They have a few some good troops, but they're, they're in short supply and they're mostly concentrated there. The Ukrainians are already uh, uh, using artillery attacks to push back 
the uh, the troops that were evacuated from the uh, you know from the uh, 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 the uh, the Ukrainian side, the left side of the uh, you know uh, the, the, the Dnieper the Dnieper River, and they basically uh, uh, had them dig in or what have you. But the Ukrainians have basically used their artillery, and uh, they've started you know making preparations to use uh, you know boats they have to get troops across, establish a beachhead, and basically you know uh, advance you know into the uh, the rest. Of uh, you know the uh, the Kushan province, uh, that will basically allow them to cut off any land routes you know into the Crimea, and also uh, basically you know drive the uh, the Russians away from the Black Sea coast, which is catastrophic for the Russians because you know that was always their their ace, as it were, in terms of uh, you know getting supplies to Crimea and uh, and uh, you know using their naval power, which is is much diminished. They've moved a lot of their uh, warships out of Crimea because of the uh, they don't know uh, you know uh, what which of them are vulnerable to Ukrainian attacks not just by the uh, the HIMARS missiles which have a range of only about 80 kilometers but the Ukrainians have built uh, their own uh, UAVs uh, as, as cruise missiles and are using them. The Russians have also made arrangements with uh, Iran. Uh, to build the, uh, you know, the, uh, the, uh, the, the, uh, uh, the 136, you know, uh, uh, cruise missiles, the ones they've been pounding the uh, Ukrainian infrastructure with. Uh, but that production won't get going until, you know, early 2023. Uh, the Ukrainians, are, the uh, Iranians apparently have in second thoughts about sending them uh, missiles because uh, the, the Israelis have uh, let it uh, be known that if the uh, Iranian missiles end up uh, being used against Ukraine, uh, the uh, U- the Israelis will supply uh, the uh, Ukrainians with missiles, and that could involve like the Laura missile, which has a range of 400 kilometers, um, and uh, that's a ballistic missile, and uh, maybe other missiles as well. Uh, the the uh, Israelis are primarily interested in punishing Iran. Uh, and so Iran has to uh, basically calculate how much punishment can they take, uh, and uh, by aiding the um, uh, the the Russians in Ukraine, uh, the uh, already there are is talk of imposing you know the same kind of economic sanctions on Iran, which are already you know heavily sanctioned, uh, that the Russians are under, and that would hurt the Iranians. They're still they they're they're still undergoing, you know, uh, over two months of, of uh, popular demonstrations, which aren't slowing down against the government. So the Iranians have their problems at home. And uh, so the, uh, you know, aside from getting some artillery information, ammunition from North Korea, uh, the, um, the Russians uh, don't have much, you know, additional weapons and ammunition coming in. So like I say, the, uh, the Ukrainians have a window of opportunity it's a question of how well how well they can uh, they can take advantage of it, you know, before the end of the year. Austin, does Putin well, survive all of this? <laughs> uh, we've speculated about this before, Dan, and it's um... yeah. But I, I know you follow this, and and so I'm I'm hoping for some good intel here. Well, it, it, first of all, don't have intel into the uh, 
center of, of the Kremlin. There are indications that the Ukrainians and British do. But then again, of course, what uh, is let out uh, open source is something that uh, can be scrubbed or slanted. And because uh, there, there are rumors every day of potential uh, action to remove Putin, uh, to assassinate him. Uh, some of these, I'm sure, that, I'm sure they're real rumors, but uh, whether there, there is a, a movement afoot to actually carry it out in, in Russia, uh, your guess is as good as mine. I don't think he can politically survive the uh, loss of, of Crimea. Now, that's, that's, I think that is a sure thing if the Ukrainians uh, retake it. I'm not sure he can politically survive. Uh, the uh, loss of the occupied uh, regions in uh, the Donbass and then that little uh, region uh, that's in uh, northeastern Ukraine that uh, pro-Russian forces and some Russian forces still occupy. Uh, winter uh, is going to be extremely harsh on everybody, which was the point I was trying to make when I was first talking about how operations uh, slow down, especially motorized, mechanized uh, uh, oper operations. Uh, but even just for well-trained infantry that knows how to handle the cold, everything is slow and arduous. You really go back, and I'm thinking about our training in uh, Germany in uh, the mid-70s, 75, 76, 77. You learned that the reason you had to put your socks underneath into your armpits, your wet socks, to dry them out because you're going to have to change them so you don't get trench foot. And even the NCOs would say, yeah, we're practicing being miserable because you read about the Battle of the Bulge. We're not going to get caught again and have all the uh, trench foot casualties we had and cold weather casualties. Uh, you can train for that. And you get inured, inured to it, but you have to train for it. And then you train for it also to operate not just your own survival, but so you can operate as a, a, a as a combat unit. Um, that's going to degrade the Russians, I think, more than the Ukrainians. And that's kind of what Jim is talking about when he says the Ukrainians have uh, 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 some uh, tactical and operational uh, uh, opportunities in uh, in the winter. Uh, so I, I'm going to go back and repeat what I said. I, do, I don't see any successful long-range uh, mechanized, motorized uh, operations. There. I can be surprised because they, they'll say the Ukrainians gain real uh, firepower superiority with uh, the MLRS and uh, various uh, armed U UAVs and, and tube artillery. Uh, but and then th they could, uh, you could you could see some successful local advances by infantry forces that are prepared to fight in in, in the in the cold versus the, the Russian soldiers that are are not prepared. And for example, you know, talking about how Wagner Group is now you know, employing prisoners freed from uh, from uh, Russia, guys like that aren't don't have the discipline to uh, do what they need to do to stay in the fight when it's cold. They barely have the discipline to do it when they're being fed and, uh, and, 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 and it's warm. 
Uh, you know, sure, there'll be one or two, but for the most part, no. Those are th- th- those guys are looking for a chance to surrender or run away or you know, shoot their own o- officers. That again contributes to what Jim says that the Ukrainians have uh, 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 an opportunity. So, get back to your question. <laughs> there are a lot of things going wrong for Vladimir Putin, Dan. A lot of things. Even the weather's against him right now. Well, we'll wrap it up there, and. Uh... We'll follow this as it uh, as winter progresses and becomes colder. I'm sure Jim and and maybe even you, Austin, will be writing articles on this as we uh, go through the winter. As we we've, we've got a lot of great content on the site about Ukraine and what's going on there. So hopefully people will stay tuned. Um, we'll see you next time. Bye, guys. Take care.